Hello and welcome to the premiere episode of the Bro You Know podcast. I'm very excited to be here with you, along with my co-host on the other end. Right, I'm just another fellow disabled. As he said, yes, we are both disabled. We're two inspired teenagers that love to talk about their passions, which in this case is wheelchair basketball and the NBA. Um, in today's episode, we'll talk about uh, the NBA scores and the NBA news. Um, my co-host, or crippled two, we'll call him for today, um, we'll be talking about the movie section. Um I'll t- we'll both talk about the UFC and football, but first, uh, Cripple 2, why don't you introduce yourself a bit more? Right, Cripple 2, as you call me, I'm French, um, I live the other side of the country to where my other co- crippled is living, um, that makes us sound like a couple, I'm sorry. We are not we gay, are not nice. just saying, you know. <laughs> um, but, but what was I saying? So, yeah, I'm French, I've been the longer NBA fan, the longer basketball fan, and the longer wheelchair basketball player, so in every way I'm better than my fellow criminal. Well, you are older than me by, like, two, three years, so... Three years. Yeah, and you are... He's, he, he's much older than me and more uh, uh, developed than me, so... Um... That sounded creepy as. Do not ever say that again. Okay. <laughs> um, what can I say See, about my our friendship is goals. Uh, what... young still use goals. What can I say about myself? Um, I'm from Poland, actually. Um, I right, French and Polish. What connection? So, um, like he said, we both live um far apart from each other. Um, right, you made that sound too romantic. We ain't gay. They know we ain't gay, so it's all right. Um. And that is pretty much it. And I'm also a wheelchair basketball fan and a player and an NBA fan. Um, let's get on to the NBA scores for today. Um, right, tell me, tell me them scores though. I'll tell you the main NBA scores of yesterday's. Um, the Sacramento Kings they won 115 to 108 against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Biggest performance for Sacramento was Buddy Heald, who uh, put up 36 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. Um, De'Aaron Fox, he put up 19 points, 3 rebounds and 8 assists, 3 steals with that as well. Um, right, De'Aaron Fox is a gem. Very Best point guard from, last, from two years... Is it two years ago now? Yeah, I think, yeah, two years, a year, two years. Marvin Bagley, the um, rookie for that team, 14 points and 13. About, he was about to say the third. I never, I, I wouldn't say that. Um, for Philly, just read. honestly, I'm surprised by this, but uh, Jimmy Butler put 29 points. Now, don't question me that I'm surprised by this, but Jimmy Butler, like, he, he, he doesn't really, he hasn't been recently putting up the best of points. And... From when I watch him... Yeah, but the fact is, when you look at Jimmy Butler, he's the type of player that concerns himself about being their leader and being the spirit of that team and being the bulldog mentality rather than... Although he does get his points up, it's not the number one priority thing. He was brought in to defend the other team's best player. Which is... No, on every team. Oh, okay. Uh, he scored 20, 29 points, 4 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. Um, Joel Embiid... Yeah, there we go. 
Joel Embiid, 29 points, 17 rebounds, 2 assists, 4 blocks actually, which was quite good for him. Um, no, no, no. And Ben Simmons scored 22 points, 8 rebounds and 4 assists. Three-point shot, as usual. Of course he doesn't have a 3-point shot, he's only ben made... He's only shot ben 12 and not made... It's longer than 18 feet. I will cry a hallelujah and I will... I will walk from the heavens. The only sh- three-point shots apparently that he's actually made were half-court shots, and he's only sh- scored, uh, made, tw- uh, and the, not made. He's shot twelve and not made a single one. Yeah, but he did score a three-point shot in in high school. <laughs> yeah, but that's different. It's not. It's not NBA. And also, it's the short three-point line. That as well. Um, Warriors, they won against the Lakers 115-101. LeBron, uh, without LeBron, which um, of the Warriors isn't the greatest, but um, hopefully they will get better soon. Um, 21 points for Kevin Durant, 5 rebounds, 11 assists. Um, DeMarcus Cousins actually put up 18 points, 10 rebounds and 4 assists, 2 blocks as well. Uh, Clay Thompson was the um, uh, he had the highest scores today, uh, twenty eight points, five rebounds and two assists. Uh, Steph Curry fourteen points, nothing major. Um, for the Lakers, uh, Brandon Ingram with twenty points, um, Rajon Rondo with twenty uh, twelve points, sorry, eleven re- assists and eight rebounds, so a near triple double, which is quite good. And that is pretty much it. Um, for the Bucks versus Wizards game, uh, Bucks won. Why? Um, what did I miss? Uh, you only miss the Warriors. Um, the Warriors talk. Why? I'm totally a great podcaster. I, I'm already losing focus. Yeah, no, no, no. They understand that you're uh, get, just catching up and everything. Um, he is disabled mentally as well. Just, just pointing that oh, out. <laughs> As I was saying, the Milwaukee Bucks game, um, Milwaukee Bucks winning 131 to 115. Giannis with 37 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, and 1 steal. Brooke Lopez with 21 points, uh, 6 rebounds. How many threes did he score today? Three, which is not too bad. He's putting up Brooke Lopez. Lopez, 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 Lopez. Sh- Lopez, you're our shout out of the day. Yes, actually. Um, that, that will come at the end because that is one of the. Um, he is. He, he's getting a, a good, consistent three, to be honest. Yeah, but he was already measuring last two seasons. Oh no, but he's he's improving every season, so. No, he's shooting about the same percentage: forty-two, forty-one, and then forty-one. Washington, um, for them, it was mainly Bradley Beal f- with twenty-four points, four rebounds, and three assists. Right, um, Bradley. They should trade John Wall this summer. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think... Build that team around Bradley Field. Or you trade both of them and then you just um, go full-on tank. Honestly, like, I, I, if, if John Wall... When, I mean, is he injured, John Wall? I can't even remember anymore. Yeah, I, I, don't, think he, I don't think he's going to want to play for Washington anymore. He might handle a trade request in the summer. You never know. Um... I know this isn't a major game, however, um, as I quite like the Mavericks, and so do you, because you have a Luka Doncic jersey, am I right? Shh, don't spoil the, don't spoil the birthday surprise. <laughs> um, 
yes, it is actually his birthday um, to oh. tomorrow, yes. So, um, wish him a happy birthday in the comments section or on Instagram. Yeah. Happy birthday, disabled. Alright, alright, we, right, right, we'd have to sing it now, we'd have to sing it now. Like, everyone needs to listen to my awful singing, singing, I can't even speak English, shows how disabled I am. Please don't sing now, I beg you. <laughs> don't sing now, don't sing now. <laughs> um, Happy birthday, <laughs> um, Jordan Clarkson, he was the main, uh, the top scorer for that team today, uh, 19 points, nothing amazing. By, by top scorer, you mean top scorer for semi-half decent player on the Cavs. Top scorer for uh, Cavs, yeah. Um, as usual, as usual, Luka Doncic putting up big numbers, 35 points, 11 rebounds, six He's assists. He's playing his true position and not power forward. Point guard. <laughs> He's yeah. being playing point guard, which I, I think suits him, to be honest. Um, I don't know why Rick Carlisle was playing him at point guard, but then again, he, he did want to, want to play Dennis Smith Jr. and Luka Doncic. And then you see that Dennis Smith Jr. has now been traded, so it's all working out. <coughs> yeah. Um, the, the Rockets game, the Rockets versus the Jazz, uh, Rockets 125 to 98. As usual, and uh, after his recent uh, big streak, to be honest, James Harden with 43 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 6 My steals. Which team did he play, though? Sorry? Which team did he play, though? Uh, Utah Jazz, so it's pretty decent if you think about it. And 4 blocks as well, so he nearly got a 5x5. Um, five five, what? He nearly got a 5x5. Five he needed. Right, he was one. Fair. He was one block shy. Um, Kenneth Fareed, He had sixteen points. You don't have to go in depth on every play. You can just go on on like two player maximum. See, we're still learning on this podcast. We'll get there. We'll get there. Comment below whether you think uh, what you think we, we should need to improve make on. improvements. Of course, we do. We're aiming high. We're trying to um make this podcast um the po most popular podcast in the world um so make sure to tell anybody else about it um and that is pretty much it for the main nba games today um we'll move on to the nba news now ooh main nba news chris Stapps porzingis traded um oh we're doing nba news now See, yes. I've got an attention span of a fish get off your phone I'm watching it. Right, right, you don't need to tell the people that that backstage are secrets. Um, Chris Tapps Porzingis trade now. Um, the trade was Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee and Trey Burke, and uh, uh, Chris Tapps Porzingis, obviously, that the Mavs uh, get. And Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, Wesley Matthews, and two future first-round picks um, the Knicks receive. Now, um, with the Knicks, after uh, trading away... Um, right, 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 we're doing Chris Apps trade, aren't we? Yes, we are. Wake up, wake up, Taylor. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Welcome to the Bright United podcast where no one listens. <laughs> um, the Knicks, uh, they benefited from this uh, trade because they got uh, 74.6 million... Uh, they got 75, just round it up. We're not fine. good at maths on the Bright United podcast. Well, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Um, they got it in cap uh, space. Uh, so, Chris Stapps Porzingis. They got seventy-five million. They're clearly aiming 
Claypool, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, or two free agents, Kemble, White, <laughs> like a point guard or a small forward. But um, Kristaps, he's now eligible for uh, four point uh, or four point five million um, this summer, which is quite good for him. Yeah, um, qualifying offer. Honestly, which means he doesn't have to dedicate his future to um, Dallas. Honestly, um, what do you, what is your opinion on this trade? Feed me, feed me. Um, I, I just I just think it's it's honestly a big risk for New York. Uh, but then but then again, you've got a guy who has said he doesn't want to be there, and you and you can't keep a guy who said you don't want to be there. He the thing is with Chris Tamps, with his injury, you don't know how well he's going to return from the ACL. Whether he's going to do a Demarcus Cousin or a Derek Rose, where Derek Rose takes about eight years to recover from his ACL, or you do a Demarcus Cousins and get right back to your own form. So it really depends because we haven't seen him in play. But what I do reckon with this trade, it does give the Knicks a young piece in Dennis Smith Jr. It does give them another rotational big man and. It which is an expiring deal which they can get off the books for even more money, That which they're looking at potentially 18 million in cap space, which, if they had 18 million in cap space, would make them, after um, the Los Angeles Clippers, who have 78, the, most, the team with, with the most cap space. Good summary, I with, think. I just think it's a good thing because, no, actually, I don't particularly think it's a good thing because New York, apart from the actual city, have no, no, like, pros to go there. Like, to go there, another all-star would need to rely on another all-star. So maybe to create a big three there in New York, maybe a Kemba Walker, maybe... A Clay Thompson and maybe a Kevin Durant all end up there. But the thing is, will the Knicks sign those free agents? Will they? I mean, I'm pretty sure they're thinking about it, but will they actually do that? They have to, they, they have to because they have to turn what they lost into Paul Zingas into a profit. Um, uh, in and, and, then for, and then for Dallas, it, g- it gives them another piece. It gives them another piece. It gives. It gives Luka Doncic the full reins in Dallas, no interferences. We can see how Dallas really is with no distractions. So he has no Dennis Smith to hold the ball away from him. He just has himself and the responsibility. And then we're going to see how Luka Doncic does do. And and for for the first night without um, DeAndre Jordan or Dennis Smith Jr. or Wesley Matthews, He's already living up to the task, 35 points. But you can just say the Luka Doncic, and then you're going to pair him up with Chris Tams, which that's good. that potentially is the best guard-forward combination that you can have in the new era. Because just imagine like how many pick-and-pops or pick-and-rolls you can do with those two. Luka Doncic was already a good pick and roller, but imagine with with an active 
shooting big man like Chris Stamps, what a pick and pop can be like between the two of them. That would be crazy. And I also think that when we talk about New York being a free agent destination, we're, we've also got to consider Dallas, because through this move, Dallas have also lost $20 million in cap space, leaving them with, with about $50 million in cap space. Like, and, that, and that's enough to sign at least one all-star. So, and it, if they could sign, maybe... I think they should um, sign... In my opinion, I think they should sign a powerful... Well, it depends, because if Dirk Nowitzki, um, he... Um, but retires. But Dirk Nowitzki comes off the bench. If Kristaps is playing at centre, then, then you have Dwight, pa- Dwight pa- Powell play a power forward. Um, let's see. Closing opinion. Um, I believe that for the Mavs, it's a very good trade. I think it's um, worked out well for them. Getting Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, Trey Burke, and Courtney Lee, and obviously Chris Stapps, which all, all four... Right, all four they're, they're just going to be good shooting guards in the system. They are just going to help um, Luka Doncic evolve as a passer and a better round player. Yeah, but I think for for the Mavericks, it's going to be useful. And um, just an extra shooter. Another thing I want to take away from that is um, Chris Tapps, Paul Zingas, and um, Doncic to be the next big duo. Yeah. I think that could... Anyway, um, our next NBA story is um, one that I don't know how to feel about, and that one man is Anthony Davis. So the Anthony Davis saga... You have Anthony Davis under Rich Paul signed with Clutch Sports in about September. Now, then Rich Paul now wants, now calls up Anthony Davis last week and tells him that they need to get the trade news out there. Anthony Davis doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want to hurt any of his opinions with his colleagues professionally although um, the New Orleans Pelicans have taken it absolutely the wrong way they have uh, they have completely um, aired uh, Anthony Davis off every mention on social media and stuff, it's hilarious anyway, as a New Orleans fan I don't know how to take away from this because realistically if you're looking at this the thing is, he's going to leave by the end of summer now. He's probably made that clear. Although, they have tempted him with the, with the $305 million extension, therefore becoming the most paid player in NBA history. So, I don't know if he's going to be tempted by the $300 million. So, what, what we're looking at trade-wise. Trade-wise, you're looking at three teams. Or realistically, two teams. You're, lo- you're looking at the Lakers are probably the only team that can offer a deal within 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 the time span before February 7th, which is when the trade deadline ends. And realistically, realistically, the only trade that the Lakers can do that would be to offer the young guys plus Zubac plus about two or three. Uh, plus about two first round picks and then probably about three seconds. But if I were Dell Demps, 
the um, New Orleans general manager who's having pressure from the rest of the league to not cave in to LA as mo- as this has been multiply reported by um, this, our good friends over at ESPN big up ESPN I mean um, shout out shout out ESPN we'll do the we'll shout outs it. later don't worry but what, I, what I'm trying to say is that like Loki Greg Popovich is one of the people trying to make sure Del Dems doesn't cave in to, to the Lakers because if they cave into the Lakers how does that refer onto the small markets compared to the big mar- markets like LA and it's, and it's all very much a havoc but if you're looking at trade packages you the only two teams that could realistically no, the only team you can really realistically trade now are the Lakers because of how Boston can't do a trade now because of the car, because of the Derrick Rose rule and how MVPs or all the Supermax players aren't allowed to be traded. So you can't have two 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 Supermax contracts on one team, which is BS. But let's see. Um, so Boston has to wait until the summer, and the thing is, um, what am I trying to say? Um, Dell Demps and the New Orleans Pelicans might wait till the summer to get a better offer over the summer. Best offer that we can get from the Celtics being Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and probably about two first-round picks, but. Apart from that, I have nothing to say. Well, I, I was going to say, as you're talking about the um, the Anthony Davis trade, uh, it was actually yeah, reported... And, and, and Anthony Davis, <coughs> um, the New Orleans Pelicans have said minimum of two first-round picks. That we all knew. Also, Anthony Davis' dad does not want him to go to Boston because of how Danny Ainge, in his mind, is untrustworthy and unloyal. Because of the stuff that happened with Isaiah Thomas, with um, the Boston betraying Isaiah Thomas, and and this whole situation is a is a havoc, and hopefully this gets sorted out. We are now going to move on to the movie section. My movie section. Take it away. Um, right, movie section. I will not do Oscar rundowns or breakdowns of nominations because that will take about two or three hours, so I will leave that to a blog post. But I will review a film for you guys, which I will review two films today, and I will review Beautiful Boy, which is the film by Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet, um, which is about drug addiction, especially with crystal meth. Um, Then you've got uh, Green Book with uh, Viggo, Viggo Mawson and... Mashallah Ali. First of all, um, we're going to talk about Beautiful Boy. So, with Beautiful Boy, it's a story about a father and a son, uh, David Chef and Nick Chef, uh, living in San Francisco, and about how the dad is trying to help his son, and the son, the son who is a crystal meth addict, very bad. You shouldn't do drugs, guys. Remind them not to do drugs. Kids, if you are watching, do not do drugs. Adults, even if you're watching, do not do drugs. I know right, we're too. You just got remind, reminded by 
by a teenager. Shame on you. But anyway, um, what, what were they trying to say? So you got David Chaffinickshire played by Steve Crow, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet, and it, this film is a ride, um, which brings brings you high and low, beautifully directed by the guy I don't even know his name, but beautifully directed nonetheless. It just brings you on a story, and especially how there's highs, then there's lows, and there's highs. And then when, once you think the, the story is at its ultimate high, it's at its ultimate low, almost reflecting the journey of how an addict always falls into relapse. And it, it was a very telling story about how fathership and influence almost always had to come through. And... By the way this film ends, you can tell that there is no better ending that serviced both characters. And because this is based off a true story, although nowadays in Hollywood you, ne- you never know based what based on a true story consists of. But, but all I'm trying to say is that this film was a brilliant roller coaster. Steve Carell... Steve Chalamet, I cannot remember if Steve Crow got nominated, but Timothy Chalamet was one of the snobs. I just feel that Timothy Chalamet should have got nominated because I think he's on a roll with these films. But I won't complain. Um, the, should this film be nominated for Best Picture? Really depends up to, up to interpretation. Really. But I'm not going to complain. So, highs and lows, beautifully directed, really almost telling the journey. You've got the main themes of fatherhood coming in with relapse, coming in with, with just all coming together for a beautiful for a beautiful film. And you've just got, and it was a really good payoff, a really good downfall, because you'll almost regret for both the father and for both the, and for, and for both the kid. And you just realise how bad drug, drugs are for you. So I'm going to get my co-podcaster to say it again. Drugs are bad for you. Kids yeah. don't do drugs. Adults yeah. don't do drugs. We've got the message, of course. <laughs> um, second film is Green Book. Green Book is about a pianist called Doc, um, Dr. Shirley. And his bodyguard, Tony Lip, who is a Italian from the Bronx, and how he's a racist at first, and how the pianist is of black descent, and how this pianist is now going to tour the Deep South, which is the most racist part of America, not now, but back then it was. And it was about how this journey coexisted between these two guys as the, uh, the driver played by Viggo Mawson, um drove around drove around the character by Marsha, played by Marsha Ali back down to um, down to the down south and back and around the Christmas period which I'm surprised this film didn't come out earlier but then it, it was an Oscar season so you can't really complain um, this film was brilliant it really touched upon the feelings of stereotyping what we think of white men, black men, especially 
black men with the stereotype of fried chicken, just to name a few. There, there were some good fried chicken jokes in there, although I'm not, I'm not the one to say, not the one to say them. Um, it was just a good film that really acted upon comedy, but at the same time seriousness and how to be a better husband, but how to deal with those feelings of hate and just feelings of homosexuality and how to deal with them and how the perception of a white man to a black man comes across and what is defined between them two and really like the juxtaposition of how at the start you've got um, the Viggo Mawson character acting more black per se than Mashar Ali's character who acts more white which is is really the, the most juxtaposition thing in the whole film and it came together really well and anyway both of those films are going to get reviewed on the blog uh, can you do a quick promo for the blog? Of course I can. Uh, check it out on the Bro You Know Wix site. Um, the links will be in the description for all our social media. Instagram, uh, Twitter, Anchor, Podbeam, SoundCloud. Let me know. promotion at its best. We are now going to move on to the UFC section. Uh, UFC, we had UFC Portalenza. What happened uh, yesterday? Was it yesterday? I think it was. Yes, it was yesterday. Um, or last night. Big man Jose Aldo winning against Renato Moicano. If I, I'm sorry if I pronounced. Moicano. Yes, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, he won by t- via TKO. Um, 44 seconds left in round two. Um, this was a this was a good UFC event. Jose Aldo had said previously before the fight that why would he take the the main event of UFC Portlandia because. Three rounds is, is shorter than five rounds, and I think a three-round Jose Aldo is a, a much more dangerous fight than a five-round Jose Aldo. Now, Jose Aldo shows now that he has beaten most of the contend- contenders. He beat them when he went on his run from the UFC to, to um, WEC, and, and the only people that have stepped into his legacy are now um, Conor McGregor and uh, Max Holloway. But apart from that, he finished, he did pretty well against Jeremy Stevens, uh, and now he's done well against Renato Moicano. I just think either Jose Aldo faces Alex Volonovsky, I can't even say his second name, or he faces Speed, and then we, we just go on from there. And or we or we just have Jose Aldo move up to 155 to either face uh, the winner of Stephen Thompson, Stephen Thompson, or Anthony Pettis. If Pettis comes down back to 155 after probably losing to Wonderboy at 170, or you have him face Dustin Poirier, which I just think is going to be a killing. For Dustin Poirier, which Dustin Poirier underrated as F. And then you've got the main event, Marlon Moraes versus Rafael Asensio. Asensio, I mean. Um, now, what to say about this fight? Um, is how much um, Moraes has improved since the first 
than TR fight and now it shows that um, Morais at Bantamweight has gone on a three fight win streak um, against the top three contenders and now you need to give him the title shot versus TJ Dillashaw or or he faces the winner of Cejudo Dillashaw but if you don't want to wait or if you want to make him wait and face one more contender you either have him face the winner of Pedro, Pedro Munez versus Cody Garbrandt stuff like that and then and then for Renato Moicano uh, no not for Renato Moicano no actually for Renato Moicano and for Rafael Sensio you, you have you have um, Rafael Sensio face tough because having the next contender up from in 135 and then you, and then uh, as previously mentioned for for you probably have him and 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 face Zabit because Zabit needs a new challenge before he fully goes on to face Max Holloway and uh, I think from that from from there on that's UFC for you what do you think Matt? Um, as, uh, I'm a, I'm a UFC fan, but not, like, the, I don't have the greatest of UFC knowledge, but, um, with the Ho- Jose Aldo situation, I think, um, I think at the moment, he, uh, he won't be, uh, fighting for any, uh, title or anything like that. Of course, of course not. But, um... But this, this just shows that he might be the greatest featherweight of all time. I'm quite um, liking the idea of the um, TJ Dillashaw fight versus uh, Marlon. I'm sorry, I can't pronounce the name. Right. Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. But otherwise, um, I think you've summed it up pretty much. Okay. We'll now move now, on to the football section, um, which football is. I'll take over from here. Um, the scores of the um, this weekend's games of uh, match. Hey, uh, Backstage news, I am just going to take a break on my phone. So that's probably all the backstage gossip you need to Relax, bro, relax. <laughs> um, match week 25, so um, main you game... You need to relax. Ooh. <laughs> um, Tottenham, they want... Beef on the Bright You Know podcast. <laughs> Fake beef, like everything else on the internet. Ooh, okay, okay, okay. So you'd have to, you'd have to expose everyone here. Um, Tottenham winning against Newcastle. I'll expose us. Um, Tottenham winning against Newcastle, um, Hu Ming Son, after coming back from the Asian Cup, uh, scores. The Burnley-Southampton game, I'm pointing this out because both teams are quite, uh, they're doing quite well at the moment, uh, especially in the month of January, did it, they did quite well. Um, Nathan Redmond scored the goal for Southampton, and Ashley Barnes scored a penalty for Burnley. In the Chelsea-Huddersfield game, 5-0 to Chelsea, uh, Gonzalo Higuain in his debut scored two goals. Uh, Eden Hazard also scored two goals, and David Luiz scored a goal. Most recently, um, the Leicester Manchester United game. Sorry, Hudson That's what I've got to say, Chelsea. You mentioned Hudson Odoi. I think I have I have mixed feelings about Hudson Odoi because he he's a, no he's he's an amazing player. He's he's an amazing player. Sorry, smokes ten packs a day. Of course he does. I, I like he, he smokes them in in during the game I've watched, but um, yes. what I think about the Callum Hudson Odoi thing is. He, they, but he will, he will do very well probably in Bayern Munich 
But for Chelsea, if they do that, it will be a big blow. Because if it's one of them turnouts again that with Robin, for example, or um, Salah, you know, it, it's just yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Um, in the Leicester game. Uh, Leicester Manchester United uh, Manchester United won one nil. Uh, Marcus Rashford scored for the uh, horribly want, don't want to talk about this game, but I have to because it's the podcast rules. Uh, Manchester City versus Arsenal. Was there any rules on the podcast? You never told me. I- I'm making them up now. <laughs> um, okay. Manchester City winning three one against Arsenal. Uh, what can I say about that? As an Arsenal fan, I am extremely disappointed, especially the fact that Sergio Aguero scored three goals on us, and that our defenders had to work on offense and on de- uh, well attack and defense, which for Arsenal is it's really disappointing because as Lacazette and Aubameyang, they are such good uh, attacking players, yet they have been so inconsistent against good teams like Aubameyang. When was the last time he scored a goal that was proper, apart from a penalty? It's been a while, and he, his performance is, at the moment, horrible, in my opinion. I don't want to be... Right, get, get yourself on Arsenal fan TV. I, I yeah. need to, I, I think yeah, I need to go more. I th- yeah. I if, if I turn up on a wheelchair, go upright to Claude, or go upright to... Um, Robbie. Robbie, the, Robbie. Then he might interview me and then I'll express my feelings. Oh, you Bamiang. Oh, you Lacazette. Oh, you uh, Stan Kroenke. You know? Oh, yeah. Speaking of Stan Kroenke, and most, if you are any Arsenal fan, um, please, or not even an Arsenal fan, please excuse my um, dreadful talking. The Kroenke family recently and um, talked about how they believe... Um, they own the Denver Nuggets. Fun fact. They do, actually. They own Denver Nuggets, uh, LA Rams, who are in the Super Bowl. I don't know who to support in the Super Bowl, to be honest. I think I'm just going to be a neutral fan for once. I'm all, I always support someone, but I think today I'll be a no- neutral fan. Right, right, right. Also, because, because, we, because we live the other side of the pond to um, the Super Bowl. Um, knowing Matt, he's probably going to be sneaked in his cuffs watching it on his phone. Um, apart from the, apart from that, the scores are done. It has, it has been a few days since it, uh, it's ended, the transfer deadline. But I will talk about some of the main transfers. Um, Michi Batshuayi, um, he, from Chelsea, went on to a loan for Crystal Palace. I think he's done quite well. I watched one of his uh, the first game he played, and he had a really good shot, which led to a goal. He didn't score it, unfortunately. Um, Reese Oxford, he went to Augsburg on a loan. Um, Anthony Martial extended his contract till 2024. United, right now, amazing team. Um, Ole, uh, Gunnar... Sorry, I cannot pronounce that well, one. Well, he got a show Exactly. Oh, of course, it's not a real podcast. He, I, I saw something about uh, him playing football manager as um, one of the things that taught right, him to right, be an amazing yeah, manager. I do actually recommend people to yeah, check it out. I do recommend people to check that out and play it. Don't interrupt me, man. Don't interrupt me. Um, what else? Quality interruptions 
on the right, you know, podcast. It's my bit now. It's my bit. Um, Dennis Suarez. Dennis Suarez. He went to Arsenal on a loan. Uh, he had a. He, I don't think he had a, an amazing game, but he did play today uh, against Manchester City. Um, I know it's been a while since uh, they confirmed it, but Pulisic going to Chelsea for fifty-eight million. Um, Frankie De Jong to Barcelona, amazing prospect, seventy-five million. And finally, Higuain went to Chelsea on loan. As I said, scoring two goals on his Premier League. I lied. That is not a Premier League debut. It was um, a sec- his second game. Um, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today. Thank you very much to everyone that was listen has been listening to our podcast. Make sure to check out our Instagram, Twitter, um, SoundCloud, Podbeam, Anchor. All that will be in the description. Um, if you have any queries, email us. Put it in the comments. DM us. Um, whatever you feel is necessary. Um, right, don't DM us creepy stuff. Though. Yeah, obviously Brand don't DM us creepy stuff. Um, that is me saying goodbye. Um, Crippled too. Saying the extra crippled goodbye. Bye. See ya. See ya. I am truly sorry that we forgot to talk about the uh, shoutouts, but today's shoutouts will be to Brook Lopez, um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and for me personally, uh, do not tell the other podcaster, uh, Steph Curry. You're my favourite player. And I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, by the way. Whilst editing this, I realised I forgot ESPN as well. So shout out to you too. Super Bowl all the way, baby. Speaking of the Super Bowl 53, wow, what a game that was. I mean, for me, it was, for a first Super Bowl that I've watched, it was it was quite fun to watch, to be honest. The halftime show was quite good as well. Um, the defence of... Bill Belichick's uh, squad is absolutely amazing. You can't even compare any other team to his defence and his defence mechanisms. And like Sean McVay said, he got out-coached that day because his team, like the offence in the first half I watched was absolutely horrible. Jared Goff just... Uh, passing up, uh, he's doing ter- he was doing terrible passes and everything, but he, he got a bit better in the third, uh, fourth quarter. Uh, obviously, after that interception, it was a bit uh, dodgy. But overall, um, over- overall, I think it was a very good Super Bowl. Uh, well done to the Patriots. I say I was a neutral fan, but I was more to the side of Rams, mainly because I didn't really want uh, New England to win again. Uh, but otherwise... We'll see you soon in the X episode.